Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today we're doing something a little different on Stories of Our Times and handing you over to one of our sister podcasts, as part of our series featuring the charities which are being supported by this year's Times and Sunday Times Christmas Appeal. In this episode, you'll be hearing an edition of Charles Corran Has No Idea as he meets chef Nesta Masoudi, who arrived in the UK as a refugee. The Times and Sunday Times Christmas Appeal for 2021 launched earlier this week, and one of the three charities we'll be helping out is the Refugee Council and its Scottish and Welsh counterparts. They provide assistance to 20,000 adults, thereabouts, uh, families uh, and unaccompanied children every year uh, who fled bloodshed and persecution in their homeland, sometimes arriving with only the clothes on their backs after perilous journeys. Britain has a long history providing a warm welcome to those seeking sanctuary and in the past year has offered a home to those threatened by Taliban rule in Afghanistan and Chinese crackdowns in Hong Kong. The Refugee Council helps new arrivals to find food, clothing and homes. They provide assistance through the asylum process and supply therapists to help refugees recover from trauma. The charity helps new arrivals to integrate, find employment and put their skills to use in sectors from healthcare to retail and business that benefit hugely from their contribution. One such refugee is Nestor Masudi, a seriously accomplished chef who arrived in this country from the Democratic Republic of Congo at the age of 15, 11 years ago, and has since worked under the great Claude Bosey at two Michelin-starred Bibendum in London and the Michelin-starred Kitchen restaurant in Edinburgh. When he came into News UK last week to tell me his story, he positively insisted on also cooking me lunch. Honestly, he insisted. I tried to refuse, but he just wouldn't take no for an answer. So, Nestor, let's start with the most important thing. Absolutely, yes. What am I having for lunch? You are having for lunch, I'm, I literally, first what I am doing is a fusion of my background, my heritage country, the DRC Congo, and my classical training, because obviously I've been working in several mission start restaurants across the UK where I've learned. So I'm bringing both fusion together, both cooking together, my classical French training and my heritage from the Congo. So you're going to have a beignet, which is basically done in France as well, but we have a specific way that we're doing in Congo. So there's going to be little canapes of beignet. Beignet, and so like, what, little... Is like a beignet puff, of... Yeah, beignet done with uh, uh, the, some self-resin flour and some mixed ingredient, which is specifically from the DRC Congo, which we done it already because he has to stay to prove overnight. And then you're going to have it with truffle as well, which I'm bringing. This is like my little classical training coming up because the fusion I'm doing. And I have a little lang- langoustine as well, which I'm going to do. And yes, that's basically, I just have to bring it to the plate as a canopy. And then for my uh, main courses, which I just plan to do too. So main courses, you're going to have a wrap monkfish. It's a very classical dish that I used to do in my time working at the kitchen restaurant, my first mission star restaurant back in Edinburgh. So it's going to be a stuffed monkfish with pancetta and spinach. 
stuff classic away and then you're going to have on the side this little farsi of uh, plantain plantain is a very i mean you can find in the uk as well here is is a very very common but we have the one we got as well is straight from the drc congo so we stuff in it with some smoked fish and some vegetable wrapped it into a farsi so with uh, a cabbage so wrapped and rolled and cooked it in a slow veg stock and then I've done some chicken jus, which I've done at home as well. Everything was actually fresh made. And then they bought truffle as well and then langoustine, which is showed my Scottish side because, you know... I the Scottish great. side as well? Yes. I've, I, I grew up in Scotland, you know what I mean? I live in Scotland literally all, all my life. So I couldn't just bring the classical training and African into the plate without having a Scottish touch. It's got to be there. Because my everything started in Scotland. Literally, I have to, I have to bring that. Well, let Scottish me ask you now then, in, in that case, so how did you come... To Scotland, you you were born in the DRC. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, to come is such a long journey because uh, it brings back some bad and good memories at the time. Because uh, obviously, losing my dad back in two thousand eleven was uh, one of obviously. I will maybe talk through it a bit quickly because obviously it brings so much bad memories at the time. It was my dad was a big journalist back in Congo. Even if you do some research about him on on the internet, you know, he was a well-known journalist that used to work with a lot of politicians back in Congo, you know, but the situation when it changed in my country is like, you know, all this political stuff, which just doesn't help at all. So basically what actually happened, the guy, because my dad was very close to one of the guys that was uh, close to our old president back in the day. Kabila. Kabila, voila, yeah. yeah. So the name is Vital, Vital Kakamere, he used to uh -huh. work with my dad very, very close. And my dad was in charge of everything that was media, at a time where I used to work with him. And so there was, back in 2010, if I got good, good memories, there was no gain along well. So the guy that was close to my dad, which is Vital Kameri, was my dad took his side, obviously. And then it just got him into so many trouble because Kabila and Kameri, there was no gain along well. So obviously my dad, because was still loyal to him, and then he was just, you know, still working. Because my dad was actually working on the biggest channel, which is RTNC, is like the national mm -hmm. channel in the DRC Congo. My dad was a director there of, uh, you know, many stuff around there. So he was still, you know, showing some help and some support, but which I, be, I believe people from the other side was just not happy with it. So that's what caused all this problem. So if I want to be very briefly about that, that was, that was basically what happened. And yeah, it's not with us anymore, sadly. So that was just a turning of so many problems, really. So many stuff I started at the time, you know, because there's something that I'm really trying, even that's the reason why, you know, I'm, I work very close with the Scottish Refugee Council to help those guys, because I was one of them as well. And ha so ha you left soon after he died? Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna come to it because there is a sad, there's a sad picture of when you lost your father back, back, back in Africa, basically everything changed. You know, it's not like maybe here you get some support, you got people that can help you money, but over there that's not the case. You know, and we kind of, I kind of be like left on my own a little bit. And then I had my dad's brother that passed away as well two years ago. So it was the one that literally helped me throughout the journey here, which we had to go to the east of Congo, which is a bit rough as well. Now he's actually been in peace by the time. How old were you then? I was, oof, I was very young. I was 15, if I remember, 15, 16. And yeah, so my uncle, he was the one that, you know, while, while I was in the east of Congo, Goma, where I, I used to stay with him, there was a lot of things. Obviously, I was trying to study as well, but mentally, there were so many things that were just not going right on my side. And then obviously, he decided, obviously, at that time as well, there was a lot of stuff that was going on with the, with the army. They used to take young people to take them to the army by force without them even wanting to go, you know? So there was a little m movement that was going on at the time. Was, so there was a danger this would happen to you? Absolutely, yeah. And I was, I was a young, there was people that used to come in our school as well, like trying to take kids by force 
to force them to go. Basically, into, a press gang. Yeah. Into the army. Call it gang, but you know, there's no name for it in Africa. Maybe here you can find the perfect name for it, but over there it wasn't. So just to be briefly about it, because it's such a dark side of my life, which and you know, I'm happy to talk about what I'm doing now, but it literally brings back so many bad memories. And yeah, it was through my uncle decided, you know what, like we have to live here. And the journey, it was hard and not even, don't know how to explain it. Was it by sea? No, no, no. We had, we had to drive. We drove, if I remember, to a few places. It was quite a long journey. Up, up north through Africa? If I, I, can't, I don't know. I was a kid. I really? Literally, I was just been taking like, like a little boy. Let's go here. Let's go here. But to come in the UK, we, we took the plane. Yeah, we took the plane to come in here. Yeah, that was basically a little bit quickly about my journey getting to here. You were, how, you were about 15, 16 when yeah. you came to the Refugee Council. Did you, what did they do? Did you go to school or not? No, well, through there, they took me to a place called uh, Compass Project, which is just, it's just in Glasgow. So that's where they, they put like, all the young people that come from different countries, all that kind of stuff. So they put me in that place, and it was through the Compass, Ref, Compass Project and the Scottish Refugee Council. They worked together. They were obviously coming in every time to check on me. They used to give me money every week. So that was like give a little smile on my face, you know, getting close. And it was through the Compass Project and the Refugee Council, they decided, obviously, we have to put you in school now. You have to go to, you have to learn English because in order to communicate with people here, you have to learn. So it was through the Scottish Refugee Council and the Compass Project together, then they managed to get me school. But I was always the guy with a lot of energy, you know, like this is why a lot of people would just interact with me in such a way. Because when I find my, my when I find my space, I find my peace with people. You know, I just love to make people smile. I used to cook with people before even I know I'm gonna be a chef one day. So that so then uh, the cooking, were you at this when you were this kind of lonely kid there at the not being able to speak to anyone, were you cooking then? I was still yeah, I was still cooking, bringing some little dishes because cooking has always been part of part of part of my life since I was a young boy. I got a lot of memories of it back home with my dad and stuff. We're going to different places in in my hometown, Kinshasa. We used to go to different places, like drove for like three, four hours to get the best fish, you know. So he loved cook. food, you know? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Will he be looking at you cooking and thinking, no, no, you don't do it like that? No, really, no, no, no. He I wasn't, wasn't even cooking at home. I was really? not like, yeah, I was not even cooking at home. That was like my sister's job and stuff like that and my stepmom at the time. So how did it come about then that you, you started cooking in Scotland? Well, it was, uh, it was a friend actually approached me and he was from, he's from Senegal, so he speaks a little bit of French. And then, you know, we started just to talk and then one day I was like, you know what, I'm going to virtue in my house, I'm going to cook. That was just me giving the gross hospitality. With, throughout that hospitality, that leads me to the man I am today. So I gave him hospitality, he came in my, he came in my house, we had something to eat and I was like, you know what, I need a job. I need, I need to start working in the club because it's like late night finishing and then, you know, just doing too much stuff and then it's no good for me. It was like, yeah, but, he was a bit worried to give me the kitchen job because it was a KP job, a kitchen right. porter, really, cleaning dishes. And then he was, I'm like, no, I will still do the job. I, said, I think I said, I'll still do the job, it's fine. He said, no, bro, I am going to do the job, I don't mind. And then the following week, he called me. So yeah, you can come. And the lucky thing was, well, where I used to stay in Maryhill and one, and simply fish at the time was literally like 10, 15 minutes walk. But it was very, very hard. But I just did it because I, I didn't even do it as a passion just because I want some money yeah. to leave. And through it, and then Nico now decided after six months to change, you know, simply fish, which was just like fish and chips, to a fine dining restaurant. And then we built a place one, one, one by Nico. There's still pictures on Facebook. I got stuff as well myself. And then we had to, uh, we opened that place literally. We had a week starting building, rebuild the place and everything. And then we trusted him, you know, it was like, uh, he says to me, he approached me, that was like two, three days before we opened. He's like, I want to teach you how to cook. You're a young guy, you have talent, you know, I just, I feel like I could, I was like, yeah, 
at the time as well, no idea what cooking is all about, even all the chopping night. I didn't, I didn't even but there's something to. about you just when you're doing washing up that he thought, I want to teach you Probably, yeah, because I was young as well. And, uh, you know, it was like a bunch of, you know, I'm from the DRC, Moody's from Senegal. We had another friend who was from, from Ghana. It was just us free, mm-hmm. plus him. So there was like maybe a connection that it felt like I can, you know, teach those guys because they're coming from a background where, you know, I had no skill. And then I decided to go to college, City of Glasgow College. That was just uh, the starting point of my career. From to do, and you learned cooking there. I went to college. I wanted to get degrees first because it was something that my dad was very concerned about when I was younger, and he was always telling me to study. But education to me was just very hard. I couldn't copy that. Like I was just running from school, go play football all the time. Oh, yeah. just, so I was, but I was. I did it more for him. You know, it was not just for me, but it was for college. You know, I went to City of Glasgow College, which was uh, very good. I went. I did that a year and a half, and then through college. I was, one of my lecturers, was, he was uh, uh, the Master Chef 2016, uh, Gary McLean, was one of my, my lecturers in college. So when he used to come up with stories about cooking and then, you know, you just see this guy just have something. And then I used to talk to him a lot, you know, like he used to make some crazy dishes. I was like, this is, this is something I need to learn. And then there was a conference of chef in City of Glasgow College, Tom Kitchen came. And the way people just gave him a welcome, I was like, I wonder. And but then, you fancied the, uh, the status. Oh, like just, I didn't even know much about him, about him, but it was just like the welcome they gave him. Like, he's a mission star chef. He's well respected. Like, he, he got that. And I was like, I want that. I literally want to get to that level, but I know it would take a lot of work. So I used to communicate with my lecture. I want to go work for him. And everyone tell me you had a chance because he speaks French as well. Because he's a tr- he, trained in, he trained in Paris and stuff like that. And then it was crazy through Instagram. I post a video on Instagram. I tagged him. He respond. Really? And I, yeah. And then I send him a, I send him a, I send him a message. What did you post? It was just a college cooking with we because we used to have a, a function every I can't remember every Friday or whatever just between us students to serve customers. What was the dish? So what you that was just like, I can't remember. It was like a blam. I need to I need to go for my phone. But it looked so again. good. You tagged it, it didn't even look that great. It, <laughs> nah, it, didn't look, it was just college food. You know what? I'm no doubting, but at the time it was just it was okay. But now it's just like okay. And then I post the video and I tagged him, and he responded like this, looking very 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 good guys. And then. I, I emailed him. I sent I sent him an email. He didn't respond. I sent him an email again. He didn't respond. And I sent him a message through Instagram again. And he just said, "Contact me." Send the email. He sent me the email address. Right. And then I sent him an email. They respond to me within a week. There was like, "We got a stash for you at the kitchen." That was like, "Wow!" Really? Oh my god! That's amazing. That That's was amazing. crazy. You see, people say social media is really good it, for nothing. Oh my god! I know. I, you, I know how to use it very well. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I know my girlfriend, she does not really up for it. She doesn't really like me to be into it much. <laughs> yeah, I believe there may be a lot of people that like, can obviously hear my voice as well that going through this time. Leaving Glasgow to Edinburgh was a hard, hard time. It's only an hour drive, but I can, you know, that was literally me making making this job as a professional now. Because stepping into a one-star restaurant with everything, you know, the hours, the pressure, everything was just... Because I went for a stage there and I see the way this guy started at half seven o'clock in the morning. I was like, I'm not going to be able to do that. You know, there was a lot of doubting parts. Chef Tom deserved everything. I know Nichols gave me a push, but Chef Tom gave me like, like a great establishment. Like they taught me everything. Like they built me as a chef. They gave me respect of produce, knowledge, how to be clean, how to be organized, how literally the kitchen deserved everything from, from my career because... Plus, I get to interact with work with French people. This is how you get a taste, you know. You get people from like South of France. They come in. Oh my God! I, you, I work for for Joël Roubouchon. I work for you know, like oh this big red restaurant. People from France, from Canada, you know, they come with different ideas, and then you get the beauty of Scottish produce every day. And then when I go elevate to go to cook the fish, I think that was just me. Like you know, we used to smash out three hundred scallops a day. You know, 
I had to learn that. You know, but and you I mean, love how you picked up the kitchen lingo, smashing out the yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, he just, talk, he, just, yeah. He, just, he just get to the point. You, have, you know, and the chef who used to record me himself as well because he was. This is what you know. It's nothing about when you see your boss actually recording you doing a job that they they, they actually thought you into it, and they, like he was so proud of me. Like, oh yeah, look at the scallop. So you happy, chef? I'm just there smashing out the monkfish. Oh, like all the all the fish was done by myself. But obviously, I had to to, to learn. A through them. I done a few mistakes, you know, messed up. There was one thing that really got into my mind. We had about like two or three kilo of langoustine, it's very expensive produce, and I overcooked them. It was just overcooked and then. Oh man, there's I, nothing I, worse uh, than yeah, overcooked. It gets all squishy. I, I, yeah, in the you, shell. Can't, you can't just he help her. I try to hide it, but this is. What chef, you tried to like. Well, I, I try to hide the, the prep because it was only overcooked. Obviously, we, we used to blanch and keep in ice. You know, like a minute, it depends on the size, a minute or two minutes, and keep keeping the ice in the skewer and cook and but it was overcooked. So I tried to hide it in the eye just to leave it there. But chef was already, he, he has the eyes on me already. He came in and was like, what's going on here? You, I can't lie about it. You know, you know, but the good, the good thing as well, the French side did help me. When I mess up, if chef, chef is there, I just speak French. Because I know chef, when, he's, when you speak French, you just love it. <laughs> he just love it. It was just my way to, you know, and it was like, okay, I'm glad you make, you did make a mistake, but I am happy that you learned that it's something that you won't do anymore. So there was a few little things and but the kitchen is basically, you know, the starting of my career, produce-wise, learning-wise, and they really, really built me a lot. And then throughout this radio as well, like I would advise any young chef, obviously, that want to take it up to the next level, that live in Scotland or across the UK, the kitchen is the kitchen to go. It's yeah. the kitchen to be, it's hard. It's very hard. We, Work a lot, a lot. We work a lot, but it's worth it. It's a very, very hard job. It's a very, it's very, very worth it. You learn a lot. It's very, if you really stand to a classical, if you want to be a really classical trend chain, because you work for Guy Savoy, all these big, for Alain, for Alain Ducasse as well. You know, he's a well-known chef, well-trained, and so we advise guys to go there. So yeah, that was me, and then from Edinburgh, let me come to England. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss Right, we're taking a little uh, break at the moment in the story Nestor's been working for Tom Kitchen he's about to come to London but we've stopped so he can so he can cook my lunch 
Um, Nestor, that is a that is a monkfish that tail. Is, yeah, that's, that's as big as a monk. That is actually a beautiful monkfish. I went to get it at the Billing Gate today in the morning. So fresh is good. Uh, so I'm gonna break. I'm breaking it down. Obviously, remove the skin out, remove all the excess. Is why I choose this fish because this was my first fish I've actually learned at my time working in the kitchen when I got put on the fish section. So it was my first fish that I've actually learned how to prep. Such an easy fish, but it's lovely because you know with all of this fat, all of this is a beautiful holy fish with all with all this fat and, and the bone. I'm now. removing all of it actually because I'm gonna wrap it with pancetta. And so I'm gonna re literally removing everything. And you're gonna be wrapping chunks or not, not a whole? You're gonna find out. <laughs> Fair enough. And what were you smashing in the pestle and mortar? Sorry? What were you smashing up in the pestle? Oh yeah, it was just a peanut that was gonna be pro for uh, our snacks, which is the oil that we actually got. Still need to get up to the temperature, so I'm gonna use this time to actually break down the fish. Maybe you're probably gonna have your lunch first and then serve you that snack like a little pre-dessert because it's basically, it's a sweet, uh, a sweet snack so i'm just going to go ahead to do the main course now because basically all, all all the mise en place is there breaking down this fish quickly for you and then yeah go ahead with it i can see uh, i can see plantain there i can see longest yeah that's, yeah this is literally my uh, congolese heritage there plantain which is going to be stuffing with some smoked fish which is from my country as well and obviously the monkfish this is where my classical came as well because it's all going to be wrapped and yeah so I know that you uh, that you came to London after Tom Kitchen. I came, no, no, no. After Tom Kitchen, I went to Ruby Hunt, which was a two-star restaurant in England. That was actually my first journey in England. And then, yeah, through there, I worked in Carl Park Hotel as well, which is in Ascot. It's a one-star as well. So I've always wanted, you know, to do Michelin-style restaurant to learn my trade. And, then and you always wanted to be doing that very high level of fine Absolutely, dining. yeah, because uh, there, there, there is something very important you know, into this restaurant, you know, in terms of produce, in terms of, uh, you know, learning side as well. Like the way I'm going to do, I had a, actually the chance as well to cook for Pierre Kaufman this year. Oh, yeah. I've got a video of him coming all the way to my section to tell me how beautiful my fish was. Well, I can he see was, what you're doing with that monkfish. It's a yeah. very skillful, lovely Absolutely. job. Absolutely, yeah, thank you very much. So yeah, I remove all the excess and then I'm going to wrap it. And then I'm gonna string it. Yeah, the butcher string as well is something that Chef told me, Chef Tom Kitchen told me, and he said it was something that he learned through Pierre Kaufman. So it's like the generation of knowledge been passing on here into this dish. So it's really good. Obviously, and, and all you, of this doesn't go in the bed. It's something that I'm gonna use a fish stock to go through as well. It's such a beautiful bone to use for a fish stock, you knowing nice and your pour and everything together. And have you been able in these jobs so far to express any of your heritage in the dishes or are you I still? I have not actually. This is something me actually is my girlfriend idea to do this because uh, you know she's someone very important on my side because she's a foodie as well. She loves food. And where's she from? She's from my country though, from Congo as well. So he has all because I've always been you know about my classical training, you know, and then she one day we sat in the restaurant having food. And that's how the idea comes from. We're just talking about how we can refine our dishes because we don't really have, so far as I know, maybe there is, but I'm not sure because I'm, I'm, a, I'm always on social media. So I've not really seen, you know, like someone to look up to, to look up to in terms of like Congolese, you know, someone that can bring what we're doing now. There is few countries in Africa like Nigeria with a few restaurants across London here that actually, you know, bring that little fusion together. And then in terms of Congo, you know, there was literally no, no many. And then she has When you say literally no many, are there any? I don't even think there's any, to be honest with you. Maybe I have to look up to, but as far as I know, you know, I'm, I'm on social media all the time, I'm on Instagram and everything. I haven't seen a Congolese chef. Because there, there are Nigerian restaurants. There are, yeah. There is one that I went to 
it was really good here here in London. Is that well. Ikoi? Yes. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I know the chef as well. Actually, food was amazing. I literally did love it. It's really good. They so, got a Michelin star. They got, yeah, they got I gave them their star. first review. Oh really? I went down there, yeah. I was oh, no. Yeah, I was Alex there. I was there not long ago. I wanted to take, but she wants. She wanted to take my girlfriend there as well because she's looking forward to go there. And then yeah, it was really good. It was really cool. She, I liked. I liked that the dish was really good. So unless, but that as well, you know, I doubt isn't. Well, the chef is not from Nigeria, even if there's a fusion of Nigerian and a dish that they do. So I think I'm just gonna have something different because I'm Congolese, and where I know my food so well. You know, and then I can bring that heritage together into a plate. You know, it's going to be something. And is really that is that your main plan? Is to have a when you have a restaurant, which must be your. It plan. will be something on because obviously I still love my training. I still love my pate on cold. You know, my classical. Thank you very much. My classical done well, but um, it's something very important that's going to be wow to customer. You know, in terms of looking up to you know how you can bring those. Uh, classic dishes together you know and my, where would you like your restaurant to be well star first of all it has to be in Scotland yeah yeah it has to be back home this is where everything started for me but it depends where the opportunity come but in my in my plan in my vision my dear chef you have to put something underneath so it doesn't uh, move I help you with that so yeah that's where everything started actually so but it depends you know I had few opportunities already for our for how my competition you know offering places but I still want to travel the world now is my vision you know, I'm an independent young chef now. Uh, you know, I've done competition. I see quite a lot into the other side. Now, how I'm just old are you? You're like 26, 27. <laughs> I'm young, 26. So and I still want this restaurant and the restaurant when you open in Scotland. Yeah. Fine dining. Absolutely. And so that is your cabbage stuffed with yeah, we uh, smoked fish, fish. had truffle as well into it, and then plantain and all that. So yeah. Chef, I need that space. Sorry. So wait, so in the little cabbage um, yes. parcel, we've got the smoked fish Smoke, and the plantain. And the plantain, and then we did, we, we had a little small uh, grimoire of vegetables, which is here, we smoked fish. And, and Roberta's special and spice Roberta's recipe. Special and without Roberta's recipe, it would be nothing. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I was, I'm still the chef, right? It would be nothing. Just give me that today. Okay, it will be, it will be something still, but nothing will be hard to see. Are you very hungry, hungry? <laughs> I can always eat good food. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, do you know, to be fair, I can eat bad food too, so. Yeah. But it just is not as nice. That's it. Look at that, that's an amazing looking thing though. So great, oh, so original. And this is your own, I mean, like putting these things together. The, Sorry? This like, the, 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 the cabbage, the kind of cabbage smoked Fassi, fish yeah. plantain no, frassi, is that you? Me and us. Me and us. Okay, it's so a sauce there, obviously. I can just I'm pour see. it. Yeah, yeah. You pour, will you pour it for me, Chef? Absolutely. Give the right yes, proportions. Yeah, just uh, the little chicken jus that I did at home, just to pour it chicken in. Chicken jus to go for my amazing yeah. Scottish yeah. langoustine tails. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm just so excited about the, uh, stuffing. the stuffing, about the cabbage. I'm cutting into the cabbage with the. Mmm. Oh, that's so good, the smoked fish and the no, peppery. Got a lot of smoky yam as well here. So what have I got? There's a bell jar filled with smoke. Yeah. Am I allowed to lift it off? Absolutely, go ahead. The smoke just permeates. Oh, that smells good. And we've got here, we've got fried... Fried yam. Just give it a little texture, crunchiness, mm. because you can see everything is nice and soft. The monkfish, the sauce and everything. So just, just a little African side as well, which we're trying to bring it on the plate. You have the autumn truffle. To bring the classical side of the stuff in which is pure African stuff in it, and then mm. but then made to look classic haute cuisine, beautiful. Yeah. 
So do you think Roberta's right then that it's the, 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 the way to get Congolese cooking to people? Absolutely, is, is abs absolutely yes. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you're a food critic and you've obviously been in the business for a long time. You know, there is uh, food there. This is what we literally coming across to do. I know there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of produce and everything, but like... Uh, this is great. I'm sorry, but your monkfish yeah. wrapped in the pancetta, it's so succulent. And monkfish can be quite resistant and yeah, bouncy, absolutely. but you've obviously let it rest. Yeah, but then it gets not undercooked. Yeah. And monkfish isn't one of those fish which is great when it's undercooked. Absolutely. You, know? you can clearly see if it's literally yeah. a mess. Yeah. And so that's what you request a good uh, rest. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Mm. It's all these different kinds of fish. And sweetnesses, and the, 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 the bit of pancetta doesn't overpower it. It's yeah. not a, it's not a, it's not a ham dish. It's a fish dish, and you don't often get so much truffle served with fish either. Hmm. Yeah. Good, good, good. God, I feel like in a bad episode of MasterChef. <laughs> I don't even like it. <laughs> or should I say, a good episode of MasterChef? <laughs> Congolese cooking doesn't come any tougher than this. <laughs> Nesta Masudi there, laughing with me at the absurdness of, uh, of the great Greg Wallace. Uh, Nesta is a beneficiary of the great work done by the Refugee Councils of Britain, uh, which are one of the charities involved in this year's Times and Sunday Times appeal. Uh, and you can make a donation by visiting thetimes.co.uk forward slash Christmas appeal or phoning, how very old-fashioned, 0151 How was Giles Corrin enjoying Nesta's Congolese cooking? Gets all the good jobs. The producer today was Ben Mitchell, and you can listen to more episodes of Jars Corrin Has No Idea wherever you get your podcasts. As well as the Refugee Council, the Times and Sunday Times are supporting two other charities as part of their Christmas appeal, Outward Bound and the Wildfowl and Wetlands Trust. To find out more or to donate to them, go to thetimes.co.uk slash Appeal. See you again soon. 